Welcome to the Families of Character show. I'm your host, Jordan Langdon, and as a wife, mom, and licensed clinical social worker, you get practical parenting stories, research-based parenting solutions, and most of all, support. Lean in and let yourself be inspired and reminded of the gifts you have as a parent. Let's jump right in. Parents, I've been thinking a lot lately about how we can avoid the big surprises in family life. You know, the kid who walks through the door one day and says, Mom, I I just don't know how to tell you this, but I'm pregnant. Or the child who takes her shorts off at the swimming pool and you notice for the very first time she has the words, I hate me, carved into her thigh. Or your friend who collapses on your couch in tears after just learning her 10-year-old child wants to change his gender. These are big issues, big issues. And yet so many parents I've had in counseling will say, this came as such a shock. I had absolutely no idea this was going on for him. And listen, I'll be the first to say we can't control every outcome when it comes to parenting. There will be surprises, no doubt. But there are definitely ways we can work to bond with our children and create that foundation of safety, belonging, and openness so we have a chance at seeing the train coming down the track, so to speak. So today's episode is about how to ask questions that open the gates of communication with your kids and make the difficult conversations a bit easier to navigate and maybe even more comfortable for everyone. Guys, simply learning how to ask great questions can actually help you in your parenting, especially with teens. I know from firsthand experience having a 16-year-old, and Josh and I are still working on this. Talking to our teens is hard, especially boys. It can feel like pulling teeth, those one-word answers they give. It's also hard because I haven't been a teen in 25 plus years and teens can be a real mystery to us. We don't always know what they're feeling or why. So sometimes we feel like we need to kind of tiptoe around them or in my case, avoid certain subjects. But this just divides us even further, breaking down communication and tempting our kids to instead bring these big issues to their peers instead of us, their parents. And you've heard me mention in other episodes, if you've listened, that kids are turning to their peers instead of their parents for their moral compass. You guys, this is not good. This is how our kids get themselves in really difficult situations. So instead of them going to their peers, Let's help create that foundation of safety where they can come to us and be open and have a deeper discussion and connection right in their own home. And guys, this might feel clunky and unnatural at first, but it's really well worth the effort to figure out how to engage your kids and ask questions that will dig deeper. If your kids are young right now, they're like 2 to 12, you might be thinking, I don't think this is for me. Yes, 
keep listening because a great way to foster a safe connection and belonging so your kids will continue to share with you well into their teen years and beyond is to start communicating with them in this same way now. It's actually preferred that you start using open-ended questions and communicating in this safe way when they're just tiny little beings. That would give you the very best chance of a solid foundation and a great connection going forward. So in this episode, I'm going to share with you what makes a great question, best scenarios for getting your kids to talk, and then how to make regular conversations a habit so things don't go unnoticed for months and years. And if you're signed up for our weekly email newsletter, you should have received our free printable that includes a list of conversation starters. Go to familiesofcharacter.com to subscribe so you don't miss out on those weekly freebies. All right, so what makes a great question? Number one, make your questions open-ended. Avoid the questions that allow your child to answer yes or no. Like, did you have a good day? Or even, how was school? That one elicits an immediate good or bad. Instead, ask an open-ended question that gets at something specific. Like, tell me about what you did in Mrs. Miller's history class today. Or, how do you feel about going on the field trip to the Nature and Science Museum tomorrow? Asking open-ended questions encourages kids to think deeply and develop their speech and verbal skills, which in turn boost their self-confidence and their self-esteem to ask more questions and keep the conversation going. And isn't that what we want? Our kids to dialogue with us instead of that pulling teeth, one-sided conversation that makes you want to just pull your hair out? So to make open-ended questions easy... Remember these starter words. Remember, tell me about such and such. Or, how do you know about such and such? Or, what might happen if... Or, what can you do about it? These are open-ended phrases that you can use and keep in your toolbox so that you can open up the conversation. Number two is take time to listen. And I know this seems obvious, but you would be surprised how many times you ask your kids a question and are doing something else at the same time, not actually listening. I know because I catch myself doing it too. Carving out intentional time with your kids where you plan to delve into some of the topics they're into these days is key. Kids can tell if you're not listening or don't genuinely care when they recognize you've asked an open-ended question and are leaving ample time for them to answer your question and even think aloud about what you asked. They feel safe and honored. I remember a time just recently when I had a conversation with our oldest son about how I felt like he had lost respect for me. It was a really difficult topic for me to bring up with him because I wanted him to feel comfortable being 100% honest. And yet, I was trying to manage my own hurt feelings about it at the same time. So I 
really thought about this. What setting is it that I'm going to bring this up with him? And I chose to talk to him in the context of an experience that we had at a family camp this summer. And that experience was called family reconciliation. And it's just what the label says. It's reconciling with your family. So our whole family was hanging out on some big rocks under the pine trees in Estes Park. And the purpose of the activity was to apologize for something you did to another member of your family and then ask for forgiveness. And also to tell someone if they had done something that had hurt you so they could acknowledge what they had done, apologize, and also be forgiven. And the reason I chose this context was because safety was clearly established through the explanation of the activity, right? The purpose was to air your grievances and acknowledge your your own faults, and the outcome was forgiveness and reconciliation. It worked very well. And I think one of the reasons was because there was also safety in numbers. Having my husband and his two siblings present put some natural guardrails around the conversation, some accountability of having other people hear what we were talking about. And the other reason was because there was time to intentionally listen. My son was really courageous when I brought up this hurt with him. He swallowed hard and then he looked me in the eyes and he said, Mom, the reason it might seem like I've lost respect for you is because I just turned 16 a few weeks ago and you sent me driving my car down I-80, which is a busy interstate highway that goes through the state of Nebraska. He said, you sent me driving down I-80 all by myself. But then when I came home, you went back to nagging me about whether I brushed my teeth or wore my retainer or packed my lunch for school. You guys, I just listened. I listened to better understand to understand his perspective. And what he said made perfect sense. Here we had trusted him to drive a 4,000-pound vehicle over 400 miles by himself a few days after he got his driver's license. And yet, I turned around and started treating him like a young child by questioning his ability to take care of his teeth and to feed himself. Talk about confusion. No wonder he had lost some respect for me. The contradiction was confusing. But you see, if I had asked that question on the fly, Parker, it seems like you've really lost respect for me. What's going on? After maybe he had just rolled his eyes at me or sighed about something I said, I wouldn't have been listening to understand. I would have been dismissive and even defensive. So even when you're asking your kids about their day at school or your spouse about their day at work, take care not to ask these questions on the fly. Look them in the eye, reflect back to them what you heard them say, and then ask a follow-up question that allows them to elaborate and share. So definitely number two, take time to listen. Be present and be ready. Number three is, Reflect their response and then ask a follow-up question. As cliche as it sounds, simply reflecting back what your child said and asking if you're understanding correctly 
it really helps them know you're listening and trying to truly understand their perspective. So in the case where my son expressed his confusion about my nagging him to do the little things on a daily basis versus that full trust and permission to drive his car across the state of Nebraska by himself, I simply said this. So if I'm hearing you right, it's confusing to you that I would be on board with you doing something like driving over 400 miles by yourself on a busy interstate, but then nag you about something you've been doing literally since you were like two, brushing your teeth. Is that right? And he nodded his head and I could just see this sense of relief come over him. And he said, yeah, mom, it just doesn't make sense to me. I've got this. You guys, that allowed me to just agree with him, to validate what he said and say, I get it. That does seem really confusing. I can see how that wouldn't make a lot of sense. So if we use reflective listening, simply reflecting back what they said, and then asking if you understood correctly, we avoid those knee-jerk impulsive reactions that we end up regretting later. So the goal in asking a question of your child is to connect and to create that place of understanding and safety so they know it's okay to come back and share. So be sure to make the conversation about your child, not just you. So just to review, asking great questions of your kids includes asking open-ended questions, taking time to actively listen, and then reflecting back what you heard and asking whether you understood correctly. Now let's talk about how to get your child to open up. And I'm talking about the practical logistics of how and where to talk to your child if you want to make it count and learn something about your child. Take it to the deeper level. So in a counseling session where people go deep and a therapist wants to know the most they can about you in order to be able to help you, a child therapist often employs the technique of what they call play therapy with young kids, like kids age three all the way up to age 12, and sometimes even with the teens. So why is that? Well, kids communicate better during play. When they're young, they don't have the advanced vocabulary like we do. And so playing with your child and then observing how they use their toys and dolls is a great way to better understand their struggles and their dreams. Have you ever noticed how much a child will talk with you when you're playing Play-Doh with them? Engaging their senses to see the different colors and smell and manipulate the Play-Doh with their hands. It helps settle their thoughts and then they open up. The same thing happens in a counseling session if you give an adult putty or clay or a fidget spinner or even allow them to hold a cup of water or, or a cup of coffee in their hand. It's much less awkward than someone just staring you down knee to knee as you sit across from each other. They fire questions at you and expect you to open up. That's so strange. But sometimes we try that with our own kids. Like, I want to have a talk with you. And we're sitting down, just staring at each other, wondering why it's not going anywhere. Another thing I used to do in counseling was what I called walk and talk therapy. We would walk around the block outside my office side by side. 
Anytime the weather was nice enough to do this, it always blew my mind at how much more my client shared while walking versus sitting in my office just staring at each other. But our kids are the same way. Take them on a walk. Ask them some open-ended questions as you go around the block. Use reflective listening and intentional time to get inside their mind and truly know them better. Another practical way for getting your kids to open up, road trips. I know it's tempting to turn on the movie for your child or let your teen listen to music with their earbuds in or even listen to a podcast yourself with your earbuds in. But ultimately, doing this sends the message that it's okay for everyone to be in their own world. And it sends a message that, you know what? I'm not available if something comes up for you and you do want to share with me. And I get it. It's fine for a short bit of time as you're driving, as, as long as you know what people are listening to and, and what they're watching. And there's a time limit around it. But if you'll commit to turning off the videos and taking out the earbuds, kids will open up and share as you're driving down the highway. Road trips are a great time to use a conversation cube or even pull up some conversation starter questions on your phone and learn something new about each other. My husband and I agree hands down that some of our best ideas and plans for our family's future have started simply on a road trip to see one of our parents. There's something about being side by side with someone that makes having a conversation safe and easy. So try striking up a conversation, a quality conversation in the car. And take time in your weekly family huddle to share something interesting or new, something new that each of you are pursuing or considering taking an interest in. If you meet up on Sundays every week, like our family's been doing for three years now, maybe you use the tip from a previous episode and do what we talked about called Bloom Thorn Bud. That's a format for sharing where each of you shares something that you liked about your day that went well, something that was difficult, that's the thorn, and then something you're looking forward to the next day. If you make this a habit, you'll start noticing new things about your kids and you will have also given them a skill to take with them when they leave the nest. That skill of knowing how to share a little bit about themselves each day, but also how to be interested in the lives of others too. So the bottom line when it comes to getting your kids to open up, be intentional about taking time to communicate without interruptions. Look for the active times of the day and strike up a conversation when they're playing, riding in the car, out throwing a ball in the backyard, or even while you're sitting around a fire pit. Pair your conversation with another activity and let things unfold organically and watch the magic happen. And above all, do whatever it takes to be sure you don't have big dramatic reactions to what your child shares with you. I'm not asking for you to just stuff it all down, but I am asking you to park your emotions to park your impulsive words and park your need to give solutions. Okay, put that in the parking lot. You're going to visit that later. Save it for a, a later conversation with your spouse or a friend, but not to your child. Spare them. Do not react in a big dramatic way. 
what happens when you do this is that then your child starts wanting to take care of you. And then what they're sharing is no longer about them. It's about how do I help my parent to calm down or how can I comfort my parent? That's not fair to them. Okay. So it's not easy, but it's worth it. And it can be really tempting to ask lots of questions or rush into talking too much in your desire to kind of fix their problem. But remember, what your child is sharing with you, especially if it's something like getting pregnant or having thoughts of hating themselves or wanting to change their gender, your child is sharing this with you because the pain of the situation is too great to bear alone. And they have a level of trust in you. Your job in that moment is to be a safe space for your child to share their pain. So just listen. It might even be helpful for you to write about how you would respond if your child told you something shocking. Take yourself through a few scenarios and then write out your plan for managing your facial expressions or calming your emotions, and then write the words you might say to communicate safety and understanding. Journal this. Do this in the next week. Prepare yourself so you aren't trying to navigate these things randomly as they pop up. Parents, time flies with these kiddos. I'm feeling it myself. What's more important than connecting with your spouse and kids? Using good communication and listening skills to know, love, and serve them should be top priority for us. Use this time you have with them now under your roof to foster that healthy foundation for sharing. You've got this. Now, again, be sure you're signed up for our weekly email newsletter where we send out those freebies every week that pair perfectly with these podcast episodes. Go to familiesofcharacter.com to get signed up. And don't forget to pop into our private Facebook group, The Thrive Community by Families of Character, so you can be part of our parent community too. 